0: My name is Zoan Park and I'm the host of Sarah for Ballet. This podcast is designed to highlight the diversity problem in the ballet world and illustrate experiences from students, guests, and experts, and inspire people to advocate to limit racism and break stereotypes in ballet and the arts. Let's get started. Welcome to an episode of Stare for Ballet podcast. Today, we're going to talk about things that are often overlooked in the ballet industry, sexism and ballet. We like to believe that we are way past the stage where men and women are treated differently in the workforce, and that this doesn't exclude the ballet industry. However, misogyny, sexism, and gender inequality in the ballet world still consistently exist today. With the extremely strict gender portrayal that we examined in episode 11, ballet creates an inflexible split that often doesn't include people who identify other than the traditional cisgender roles that ballet was built upon. There are also disparities of opportunities, pay, and power in the ballet industry between men and women. This inequality and lack of voice of women in the ballet industry has been deemed a glass ceiling for female dancers and choreographers. The stories being told in the choreography is often one of the most critical things in ballet and the arts in general. However, the dearth of female choreographers and artistic directors at major ballet companies are striking, especially given the prominence of women in ballet and in dance fields. According to the Dance Data Project, a nonprofit that tracks data related to gender equity in the dance industry, only 30% of ballet companies in the United States have female directors. There's only one female artistic director among the 10 most prominent ballet companies in the United States, Lourdes Lopez of Miami City Ballet. In the season 2020-2021, 69% of ballet works performed by the 50 largest ballet companies were choreographed by men. The percentage was 72% for 2019-2020 to 2020 and 81% for 2018-2019. to 2019. The abundance of women dancers on the ballet stage can often mask what is really going on behind the curtains. A lot of the time, women's voices are suppressed or subdued, while men make big decisions related to the company. Although women are seen plentiful, whether that is on ballet stages, performances, company websites, social media, etc., and there are typically more women than men in a company of dancers, it is still men who are seen as experts when holding the microphone and those who are in positions of power. These famous words from George Balanchine are widely known. Ballet is woman. Marked as a father of American ballet who revolutionized dance, Balanchine nevertheless had a narrow vision of what a ballet body should be and treated female dancers as muses. Wendy Oliver, a professor of dance and women and gender studies at Providence College, says, I think it's problematic in that he thought of female dancers as the instrument of his work. The body of the female dancers was the material that he worked with, and he could shape it however he liked. These positions of power that men hold in the ballet industry are evidently reflected in the choreography of traditional classical ballet. Dance critic Alastair McQuay questions if the male behind the female dancer is serving her or controlling her. Elizabeth Utemi is the founder of the Dance Data Project, and a lack of woman's voice on ballet stages was one of the topics that she wanted to delve further into. She says, I looked at the stage, and I realized that I had not seen a woman's voice a woman told story all season. Ballet is traditional and this is evident from the continued 19th century of classical ballet such as Swan Lake, Giselle, and Sleeping Beauty. Because there's a conception that the audience will come to see the classical ballet or those known by famous choreographers, companies are not willing to try new things and risk telling new stories. Eduardo Villaro, the artistic director of Ballet Hispanico, says dance fits into this hierarchical supremacy because it was born out of it, linking the lack of racial and gender equity in ballet to the art form's earliest roots in the court of Louis XIV, who ruled France from 1643 to 1715. Furthermore, there are disparities in pay as well in the ballet industry between men and women. Female dancers are often paid less than their male counterparts, and women choreographers aren't paid as much as male choreographers. Nevertheless, women are starting to break through the glass ceiling slowly, in both ballet and contemporary. Examples include Tamara Rojo, who is an artistic director of English National Ballet, Pina Bosch, who was a German dancer and choreographer and significant contributor to a neo-expressionist dance, Trisha Brown, who was an American dancer and choreographer who's avant-garde and postmodernist work explores and experiments in pure movement, Martha Graham, who was an influential American dancer, teacher, and choreographer of modern Dance, and more recently, Ezra Barton, who is a choreographer who has been creating dances for over 25 years and has collaborated with celebrated dance artists and companies. Even now, with things slowly but surely changing, there needs to be more balance between the power dynamics between men and women in the ballet world, and this starts from increasing the number of female choreographers and closing the pay disparity in ballet. Thank you for listening to our podcast, our core three-step program that gives free online ballet classes to children ages 5 to 10, especially those who can't afford it, from January to June 2022, is open now. Check out our website, stareforballet.com, to register to be connected with a volunteer from January and get the Zoom links every week. To keep up with our social media, check out our Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube.